My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm in my backyard in Moscow, Russia, where we've built a big fire because I want to talk to you about the fire of God burning in your heart. One of the fuels you need to keep the fire of God burning in your heart is the fear of the Lord. What is the fear of the Lord? Does that mean that you're to be afraid of the Lord or scared of the Lord? What is the fear of the Lord? You need to understand that. It's a fuel you need for your heart to stay on fire. That is what I'm going to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Thank you for letting me come right into your space. Today I'm going to keep talking about the different kinds of fuel you need to add to your spiritual fire so you blaze with the Holy Ghost for years and years to come. I know that that's what you want. You want to really burn with the fire of God, which means you have to keep putting the right fuel into your flame so you keep burning. We're talking about the right fuels you need to have so that your fire remains engaged. And that's why I'm offering you my series right now, which is called A Life Ablaze, 10 Simple Keys to Living on Fire for God. It's based on these programs, so it's 10 parts. It comes in all kinds of formats. You can order this on our website. And by the way, when you go to our website, you should go through the store. We have so many things available for you on our website, but order your copy today. We're also offering you my book by the same title called a Life Ablaze, 10 Simple Keys to Living on Fire for God. 448 pages, just jam-packed. And today and tomorrow is the last days that we're offering this on the program. So order your copy today. This is a book that I believe will make a difference in your life. And I want to remind you that if you're a partner, you are making a difference. Amen. You can just look in the mirror. You can say to yourself, you are making a difference in somebody's life. Every time you write a check, every time you send a donation, you're empowering us to take life-changing teaching of the Bible to people who are famished for the Word of God. My friend, there are people that are just famished for the teaching of Scripture. And together, you and me, our team and you, we're taking teaching that people can trust to them. And we're feeding them God's Word. What a privilege that we can do this together. And I want to say thank you for that. Thank you. And if you're not a partner, but your life is being transformed by this program, hey, help us take it to somebody else. Become a partner with us by calling or by going online. And if you need prayer, remember that we're here for you. We love to pray for people at Rick Renner Ministries. We believe we're really specialists when it comes to prayer. We put our faith together with people and we keep praying until people get the victory they need in their lives. But today we're talking about fuel. We're talking about what fuels you need to add to your spiritual fire. And so far we've seen you need to have several fuels if you're going to stay raging with fire for years to come. You need to have the Bible in your life. You need to have prayer in your life. You need to have the work of the Holy Spirit active in your life. You need to have a worship in your life. Generosity needs to be a part of your life. Holiness creates an environment where the Holy Spirit works. You need to have humility because it attracts the presence of God. And today we're going to come to the next fuel you need to have in your life, which is the fear of 
the Lord. Now, people get really confused about the fear of the Lord. They don't really know what that means, and even pastors have a very difficult time dealing with this subject because they don't know how to explain what is the fear of the Lord. But where there is an active fear of the Lord, there is spiritual fire and there is spiritual power. So we need to know what is the fear of the Lord. This is a fuel that we need to add to our fire. And that's what we're going to see today. I pray that this helps you. And Holy Spirit, I ask you to help me today communicate what is the fear of the Lord. I've got my Bible. I hope you have yours. Let's open our Bible, first of all, to 2 Timothy 1.6, where Paul tells us we can stir up the gift of God that is in us. He says to Timothy and to us, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God that is in thee. That word stir up means bring the fire back to life again. So we're talking about fuels that will help us refire the power of God in our life. And today we're looking at the fear of the Lord. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every work into judgment, with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. In this scripture, we're told it is the duty of every one of us to fear the Lord. And in fact, fearing the Lord is so important. We're told in scripture 300 times that we need to have a healthy fear of the Lord. 300 times. If we're commanded to have a fear of the Lord 300 times, then we need to understand what it means to fear the Lord. Not only that, but Psalm 31 verse 19 says, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. According to this verse, there are promises that belong to those who have a fear of the Lord. Here's a few of the promises. Those who fear the Lord will be greatly blessed. Those who fear the Lord will find him to be their help and shield to protect them in times of trouble. Those who fear the Lord will have confidence, find a place of refuge, and they will have a fountain of life. Those who fear the Lord will experience riches, honor, and life. And listen to Psalm 147 verses 10 and 11. God delight is not in the strength of the horse, and its pleasure is not in the legs of a man, but the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. According to that verse, God takes pleasure in those who fear him. It is amazing. Listen to these words of J. Oswald Sanders. The remarkable thing about God is that when you fear God, you fear nothing else. Whereas if you do not fear God, you fear everything else. Charles Spurgeon said, he who fears God has nothing else to fear. Praise God, that is just glorious. But here's the question, what is the fear of the Lord? A lot of people struggle with the fear of the Lord because they think it means they're to be afraid of the Lord. And pastors don't want people to be afraid of the Lord. So many of them and many spiritual leaders have changed this from the fear of the Lord to the respect of the Lord. And respect is a part of it, but the word respect does not embrace the whole meaning. There really is a healthy fear of the Lord. It's very healthy and we need to have it in our life. And the Bible commands us 300 times to have it. 
I'm personally concerned that in our attempt to make God approachable, people have become very casual with God and they've really lost their fear of the Lord. That explains why people sin so casually with no conviction and no fear of retribution. They're so casual. There's been so much emphasis placed on the mercy of God that people have forgot they are accountable to God. They have lost the fear of the Lord. And when people lose the fear of the Lord, the power of God begins to diminish the fire of the Holy Spirit begins to diminish, but where there is an active fear of the Lord, the power of God is there, the fire of God is there, the work of the Holy Spirit is there. This is so very important. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 to 17, Peter writes these words, But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all conversation, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. And if you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, past the time of your sojourning here in fear. But let's begin at the very first of that verse, where he says, So be ye holy in all manner of conversation. What does that mean? Well, it's King James, so he translates it conversation, but has nothing to do with talk out of your mouth. It is a Greek word, anastrophe. The word anastrophe is a word depicting lifestyle. It really means be holy in all manner of lifestyle. It's a person's rising up and sitting down. It pictures how a person conducts life and how he behaves in every situation. It is a person's total conduct, rising up, sitting down, going in, going out, a total picture of one's life and behavior. So Peter is really saying our total lifestyle, our rising up, our sitting down, our going in, our going out, our entire life should reflect holiness. And the end of the verse says we should pass the time of our sojourning here in Fear, that word fear is the Greek word phobos, which really is the word for fear. In essence, Peter was saying, if you call on God as your heavenly father, that does not exempt you from consequences. You need to be serious about the way you live your life. In Psalm 34, verse 11, we find that we can be taught the fear of the Lord. Listen to what it says. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. It means we have to be taught what is the fear of the Lord. But people get really confused about this. And what makes it even more complex for people is 1 John chapter 4, verse 18, which says, if any man is perfected in Christ, he is complete in Christ. He's complete in the love of God and perfect love casts out Fear. That is a fact. Perfect love casts out fear. Well, if perfect love casts out fear, then why are we supposed to have the fear of the Lord? And I want to give you an example. And I want to begin by saying life has consequences. And I want to help you understand that if you violate certain rules, there will be consequences. And I want to give you the example of electricity. Electricity is a blessing. It brings life. It brings power. Electricity has changed the world. And if you handle electricity respectfully, if you handle it correctly, it will be a blessing to you. But the same electricity that can be a blessing to you can also bring you negative consequences if you mishandle it. The problem is not electricity. Electricity is neutral. It's neutral. It can be a blessing or it can bring a negative consequence. It depends on the person who handles it. The problem is the handler, not 
the electricity. And I'll give you an example. When I was a young boy, I'll never forget, my dad one day was working on electricity up in our attic. He was working on our attic fan. Remember back in the old days when we had attic fans in the house? Well, dad was working on the electricity, something having to do with the attic fan. He was up in the attic and I was down below. And all of a sudden, my dad handled the electricity wrong. And when he did, it blew him all the way across the attic. When my dad came climbing down out of the attic, he was literally trembling. His eyebrows were seared. He had literally been fried by that electricity because he handled the electricity wrong. Was the problem the electricity? Of course not. The problem is never the electricity. The problem is how it was handled. My dad mishandled the electricity and there was a consequence. It is the same way with the power of God. It's the same way we deal with God. God has power to bring us healing. God has power to bring us deliverance. God has power to bring us blessing. God's power brings so many benefits to us. But if we mishandle it, it can also produce a negative result. So the problem really is not God. The problem is our handling of God. And if you violate spiritual principles, there is a negative consequence. So we need to have a fear, a real healthy dose of respect, but even a fear of mishandling divine things. This really is what the Bible teaches us. In fact, this is so foundational to life the Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That statement is so important it is repeated several times in scripture. For example in Psalm 111 verse 10 again it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In Proverbs 1 7 again we read the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Just as if we have no need to be afraid of electricity, we, if you handle it correctly, you have no reason to ever be afraid of God. If you deal with God correctly, if you deal with God respectfully, God's power will be a blessing to you. But if you do wrong, there will be a negative consequence. The spiritual realm has laws. And when spiritual realms are broken, negative consequences result, and Christians are not exempt. This is just the way it works. A.W. Tozer said, When men no longer fear God, they transgress his laws without hesitation. And they don't understand that when they transgress the laws of God, there are negative consequences. But when you have a fear of God, and you understand that violating spiritual principles has negative consequences, you live your life more respectfully, or as Peter says, you pass your sojourning here in fear, you live more responsibly because you understand there are consequences if you do what is wrong. Now, when we come to the book of Acts, we find an example of a couple who really mishandled the power of God. Their names were Ananias and Sapphira. It is just amazing what we read about them. In Acts chapter 4, a man by the name of Joseph sold a piece of land. It was a big piece of land that produced a lot of money. And he brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. And suddenly, that man's name was changed to Barnabas, which means encourager. Encourager. What he did was so encouraging to the whole church that they re-nicknamed him. And they said, his name is Barnabas. This man is an encourager. And he became 
a celebrity in the early church because of this sacrificial gift. Well, there was a man and a woman in the church in Jerusalem named Ananias and Sapphira, and apparently they had an impure motive. They wanted to be celebrities in the church. And when they saw that this man, Joseph, whose name was changed to Barnabas, suddenly became a celebrity in the church because he gave a big gift, they apparently made a deal between themselves, Ananias and Sapphira, and said, hey, let's do the same thing, and then we'll become celebrities. So we read about this in Acts chapter 5, verse 1. But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, there was nothing wrong with them keeping back a part of the price of the land. It was their land. They didn't have to give the whole amount. But they presented an inaccurate picture. They said, we've sold this land. We're going to give you everything. They conspired between themselves to keep back part of it for themselves. But let's tell everybody we're giving everything. Let's make everybody think we're doing what that Barnabas did so we also can become celebrities in the church. They mishandled the power of God. They operated with impure motives. Everything about this was very insincere. And there was a result. They mishandled the power of God. The image they were projecting was untrue. And their motivation was impure. And the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 5, verse 3 to 4, Peter perceived all this by the Spirit. And look what happened. Peter said to Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? This was a lie. And to keep back part of the price of the land while it remained, was it not thine own? In other words, you didn't have to lie about it. It was yours anyway. And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? You had every right to keep back part of the price of the land, but you lied about it. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart, conceived, is really the idea of a well-detailed plan. They had really come up with this plan. He says, Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And the Bible tells us in verse 5 and verse 6, And Ananias, upon hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost, or he died, and great fear came upon all them that heard these things. Notice it doesn't say great respect. It says great fear. When Ananias fell dead, people were shaken by this. They were stunned. They understood. Wow, you don't lie to God, you don't lie to the Holy Ghost, you don't do impure things when you're dealing with the power of God. Then we read in verse 7, And it was about the space of three hours later, when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in, and Peter answered her unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. For in this moment she became guilty of lying to the Holy Spirit as well. Verse 9, Then Peter said unto her, How is it that you have agreed together, this was a conspired plan, to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which buried thy husband are at the door, and they will carry thee out also. And she fell dead. Ananias and Sapphira crossed a barrier they should have never crossed. They mishandled God's power. Now what is amazing is the same power in the same chapter was healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. The church was growing. It was bringing blessing. When the power is handled correctly, it brings a blessing. But if you handle the power of God incorrectly, disrespectfully, with impure motives, it can bring a negative result, and that is what we read in this chapter. And the verse tell, tells us, verse 11, 
and great fear came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. The verse says the fear of the Lord came upon the entire church and guess what happened as a result? There was a great influx of God's power. Look at chapter 5 verse 12. Many signs and wonders were wrought among the people. Look at verse 15 and 16. They brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Then there came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. Isn't that amazing? The power of God does multiple things. If you handle it correctly, it brings great blessing. If you violate it, if you handle it wrong, it's just like mishandling electricity. It'll blow you across the room if you don't deal with it correctly. There really is a fear of the Lord that we need to have. Now, this is very important for us because the Bible tells us 300 times we are to have a fear of the Lord. We're not to be afraid of the Lord. Perfect love casts out fear. We're not to be afraid of the Lord. If we're living right and doing right, there's no reason to be afraid. But if we're breaking principles and breaking laws, we need to understand there are consequences. That's what the fear of the Lord is all about. But what you find in the Old Testament and really in the book of Acts is when there is a healthy fear of the Lord, there is always an influx of divine power. There's an influx of power. There's an influx of spiritual fire where there is a great respect and a healthy dose of fear of the Lord. So if you want to really blaze with the fire of God, then you need to throw this log onto the fire. You need to have a healthy dose of the fear of the Lord. Handle his power correctly and that power will bring you a blessing. Handle it wrong and it will bring a negative consequence. So make sure you deal with the power of God appropriately. We're out of time, but I'll be back in just a moment, and I'm going to pray for you. Is the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in your heart as it burned earlier in your life? How do you stoke the embers of fire so that they begin to burn red hot in your heart again? How do you sustain that fire for the rest of your life? In the 10-part series, A Life Ablaze, Rick Renner will show you the fuels you need to stay spiritually ablaze and how to use them to stir your spiritual fire. In this 10-part series, you'll learn what is the real condition of your spiritual fire right now, what to do if your spiritual embers are about to go out, how to stoke the coals to get them burning again, what fuels you need to inject into your spiritual fire. Available in digital or physical format, starting at just $20, you'll learn how to reach inside yourself to stir up the fire of God that is in you. In addition to this teaching series, you can also purchase the book, A Life Ablaze. In this powerful book, Rick lays out everything you need to live an intimate, uncompromising life and stay on fire with the Holy Spirit's power for years to come. You can do it, but you need to know how, and that is what you'll discover in this timely book. Don't delay ordering your copy today because it will help you throw the right fuels into your fire to get you burning again. Order your copy of A Life Ablaze today for only $18. Don't miss this special offer, this series A Life Ablaze and the companion book A Life Ablaze. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
When Denise and I began our ministry many decades ago, the Holy Spirit gave us Romans 10, 18, which says, Yea, verily, their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. And in all of these decades, we've been doing our best to obey this mandate from heaven. And today, miraculously, we are reaching people clear to the very end of the earth. We're reaching people in the Russian-speaking world and millions of them. We're reaching people in the English-speaking world and large numbers of people are now reaching out to us for prayer, support, and resources. As a result of all of this growth, we need a new ministry home in Tulsa and we need to construct a new TV studio in Moscow where we can prepare teaching that will change people's lives. In Tulsa, we have no more room to grow, yet we're growing exponentially all day, every day. Our pastoral partner care department is ministering to people from around the planet who are reaching out to us for prayer and support. Oh, how I wish you could be there to hear the calls and see how people's lives are literally being changed. And in Moscow, we are bursting at the seams as Russian speakers from around the world are reaching out to us for prayer and for support. We're producing up to seven daily TV programs and we desperately need a larger studio to produce Bible teaching that people can trust that will change their lives. In both locations, in Tulsa and in Moscow combined, we need 50,000 square feet of new space so we can minister to the precious people God is bringing to us. And with the land, architectural plans, all furnishings, TV equipment, everything we need, the entire ministry expansion project comes to $120 a square foot. And friend, it's not about buildings. It's about having the space we need so we can effectively minister to the needs of people. We're told in Matthew 28, verse 19, go into all the world and teach all nations. That's what we're doing, but we need your help so we can do it more effectively. We need a new ministry home in Tulsa, and we need a new studio in Moscow where we can prepare teaching that people can trust. And I'm asking you today to ask the Holy Spirit if he wants you to be a part of the giving team to help us accomplish this expansion project. Ask him today, Holy Spirit, would you want me to be a part of this and do whatever he tells you to do as together we fulfill the great commission of Jesus in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. I think it's unfortunate that more people don't speak on the fear of the Lord because there are a lot of blessings that come to those who have a fear of the Lord. For example, angelic protection and deliverance belongs to those who have a fear of the Lord. How about strong confidence, divine direction, having what you need and no lack. The Lord's good pleasure belongs to those that fear him. Great mercy and compassion and long life belong to those who fear the Lord. There are so many blessings and benefits to those who fear the Lord. And we are commanded 300 times in Scripture to have a fear of the Lord. Don't be afraid of him, but you need to have a fear of the Lord. Don't violate his principles or his powers. Handle them correctly and you'll have all kinds of blessings. I'm speaking to you from my series called A Life Ablaze. Order your copy today. It's really powerful. Listen to it over and over and over. Also my book, 
which is called A Life Ablaze, 448 pages. Please order your copy today. Today and tomorrow are the last days we're offering it on the program. And thank you for watching our program. But let me pray for you. Father, we thank you that you want us to be a life ablaze. And Lord, we need to have an appropriate fear of the Lord. Not an unhealthy fear, but a real respect and a real fear of the Lord. And handle your power and handle your presence appropriately. And Lord, we know that when we do, it will cause us to become an inferno. It will cause your power to flow into our life with all of its glorious benefits. And we thank you for this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Remember that if you need prayer, we're here for you. Just call the number on the screen. We're waiting for your call right now. We would love to pray with you. And as I close, remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there really is power. So embrace the word. Let it work in your life. And I'll see you in the next program.